1: Hello, everyone. Happy Monday, and thank you so much for being here today. Uh, it's uh, February the 7th. This is the first Monday in Black History Month, and we would be a little remiss if we didn't have a little conversation about our history. Um, you know how we start the show. I am blessed to have this platform and to be able to share with you some things I know and things I've learned, and I do work to keep myself abreast of things and Have people to come on and talk, and I'm I'm grateful for the executive producer that owns this program to who've encouraged me to be a part of this. And so, as I thought about Black History Month, I thought about how we can tie this into something that's going to be beneficial and perhaps a little. Um, nostalgia, remember some things that we need to remember about our past, as well as think about some things we're dealing with right now and how the future is going to affect us, Black businesses, and our history. So, you know, in my brand promise, I talk about the fact that I want to make sure we continue to build awareness, um, that our open minds to other approaches and strategies and break the norm. I talk about, um, you know, I want us to think about the fact you can never go forward without learning and examining the past. And I don't mean stay in the past or get stuck in the past. But you have to remember and look back as you go forward to build your life as you grow into greatness. And so for Black History Month, we're going to talk about the business of our history, um, is how I phrased it. So Black History Month is a great time for this, of course. It's a time to examine and affect what's happened in the past and how it's affected us today. Uh, We can open our eyes to where we are going and where we've been. And we need to take stock in our reality. I think that's so important, taking stock in our reality, where we are now in the present? Being in the present is so important and how that all works together. So we're going to discuss our history from a business perspective and um, hopefully and I, and I hope you will gain the same insights that I have as I started pulling this together in my mind. Um We always are and should be inspired by the accomplishments of others, especially our forefathers. And we talk about the history. We can't minimize that we've had kind of a dark history in terms of being here in the United States, those of you who are African American. and um, But there was a lot of good that we have done as people to continue to pull ourselves out. And we want to make sure, like I said, we continue to grow and going forward. So in terms of black history, talk about businesses. Businesses began back in the days of slavery, and um, before the 1865, and with the Emancipation Proclamation and Civil Rights, permitted businesses to operate inside the American legal structure uh, during the Reconstruction era, if you will, and afterward. And as we go forward, you know, by 1890 there were thousands of small businesses, and reportedly so they were very, very small businesses. But as time progressed, and we got into the Jim Crow era and struggle for segregation and all these other aspects. Blacks end up moving more into urban areas, um, the big Philadelphias of New York, the urban areas, um, Atlanta, Georgia, places like that. Um, it gave us an opportunity with all of this Jim Crow and segregation. It gave us an opportunity to support ourselves in another way in terms of establishing businesses. But this was developed in a direct response To racial discrimination, that's just the bottom line. Because of racial discrimination, we had to have our own businesses. We had to make our own. And I think that's a great thing for us to always think about what our forefathers have gone through. And many, many times and nights and mornings and all that you talk about how stressful it is to be a business owner, think about what they went through. So it kind of gives you a different perspective of what you're complaining about. But because of segregation patterns, businesses were created. And it created a market opportunity for black entrepreneurs to step in and make money and meet the demand of the black consumer, the black customer, meet those demands. There were soul food restaurants. And, of course, everyone ate there, not only African-Americans, but we knew that's something we could do and do well and be able to meet that demand because everyone liked what we call soul food comfort food now. We had to have barbershops and beauty shops because we had to take care of our hair. And just be clear about it, while we the ones who know how to take care of our hair, we couldn't go into a white salon anyway. Okay, same thing applies to grocery stores or other things. So clearly you can see based on segregation, it gave us a boost to go on and do things that we needed to do to help our consumer. And we had a target audience there of uh, African Americans who had needs in the other. There were a number of black businesses that Populated through the time. Um, Some of the well-known, more prestigious Black-owned business were insurance companies. I think you may all have heard about North Carolina Mutual Life uh, Insurance Company that was established in 1889. That was the first um, major uh, organization company um, for Blacks, um, founded by John Merrick. Um, There were also banks that came out at the same time where we put our little dollars in and not necessarily FIC bank, but we had little dollars in our bank we can go get money out of. we were treated a little bit better there. Um, Because of our heritage of entertainment, there was a recording labels back as early as 1921. It was called Black Swan um, Records. Uh, We also had funeral parlors. And once again, the need was there because we couldn't go into a Black a white funeral parlor to be involved and cared for, and those sort of things. So once again, we see out of the need, these businesses um, came to life, all because of the segregation process. So in 1920, uh, there were thousands, tens of thousands, thousands, thousands of businesses, um, uh, but majority of them clearly being small, mom and pop type situations. And that could tend to grow. That grew. That did well. We had um, different things from um, other money coming in. We saw with the impact of the insurance company, they were able to spread their wings a little bit. They were able to help other small businesses in ways in terms of um, continued banking. There was some publishing out there at that point in time, books. There were lawyers, funeral directors, all those kind of things coming out. Was a lot of that had to do with the money that came through our um, um, community through the insurance company. Um, Of course, boom, we hit the Great Depression. And we, like everybody else, the black community, like every other community, suffered lack of jobs, lack of money, lack of opportunities. And clearly, needless to say, small business went downhill because there was no one to buy our commodity. There was no one to work. We all were trying to do the best we can. We went through that process for a while. Then then, then comes World War II, where many of the employees who – had own businesses, or many people who had own businesses. They switched over and said, "Hey, I can make more money in the factories, the munitions factories, and things of that nature." So after that whole part-time, people were a afraid to go on their own. I'm sure after the depression, the munition factories came about, other factories um, came about. That was industrial age or whatever. People made more money and said, "I can do this and be a little stable and that sort of thing." I notice a lot of times when you go into certain parts of the country, they're less and less. Uh, Small business owners, oftentimes areas with a lot of military, because um, military brings so much work with them, a military base, a large military base, a lot of business come to that fact. So people tend to go into the military, use military um, companies, organizations, or factories, or whatever, and make money, but still nevertheless, that all was going on there's some business ownership blacks began to make a little bit more money working in factories and things of that nature and our, our 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 whole shift came when it came to um our black businesses then along came the civil rights movement and because of that movement in the 1970s we then began to see federal programs that was out there to help black businesses such as 8a and uh, affirmative action programs and things of that nature where some folk some African-American folks, minority folks, even women, benefited from several programs. There was funding out idea to help you. The government agreed to give so much of their contracts to minority and or female companies. We also saw a lot of companies, um, large companies that had um, a major um, uh, consumer base from minority communities like cars and and, and, and um, uh, products, home products, and things of that nature, they began to put, bring on some folk makers, some um, African-American executives, if you will, and um, uh, put them in director of positions and manager positions. And so um, African-Americans began to see other ways of having their money, having money and doing other things besides just the business arena because they had this opportunity with affirmative action. And, it came in and they became part of the mainstream um, uh, business genre. Uh, as well. So you saw those changes. And then through that point in time, there was more and more black entertainment. So the music industry was big. The sports entertainment was big. So you saw a lot of uh, singers and and, uh, artists, and you saw quite a bit of athletes um, then start becoming a brand of their own and start making money that way and doing other things to help that whole piece of the economy for black communities. So you see how it has ebbed and flowed. And you can see most of the factors that have um, pushed us to continue going a lot of it had to do with segregation and being smart enough to come up with ways to continue to grow and strive and to help your community and your families um and give you a couple little black history points i guess i throw them in here you talk about business you can't talk about black business without talking about the johnsons they were the first um a company black owned company to be exchanged on, the, on on the american stock exchange the first black company you know johnson johnson products for hair um you know they also did publishing the and Jets, they also went to entertainment. So they were a big conglomerate for black, but the first one to be um, on the American Stock Exchange. And then you cannot talk about black business from a historic perspective without mentioning Reggie Lewis, uh, who was the owner of Beatrice. And they were the first um, black company. She had a billion dollars in sales. And they, too, diversified between the beaches, foods, um, their media, uh, technologies, online. They did all these things as well. So you have to give some shout-out to those two major pioneers. There were a lot of others, but those were some were the major firsts you had to kind of shout-out in, 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 in um, talk about um, Black and business history. Um, in terms of now and in recent years, um, we've seen some interesting things. And this is, once again, something i got more and more. I knew, kind of knew it, but didn't really think about it. But I'm thinking about more and more as I start preparing for the show and just thinking about where we are and what's going on now. We see the number of businesses, black-owned businesses have continued to rise. They have grown. We've gotten more comfortable with more education that we've attained. Um, There's some more financial Um, help out there to get it done for the government and private sectors. Let me clear about that government and private sectors in terms of um, businesses. um, Almost every athlete and or uh, celebrity, you know, their money, they got something, a company, they got a warehouse, they got another record label. They have a restaurant, they have a clothing line, they have sporting goods. There's always something else out there. They're important and whatever. So those people are getting to have more money and bring people into running businesses and things as well. But, the interesting thing about the big growth in black businesses over the last recent years have been basically fueled by black women. Ta-da. Black women are making their presence known in business nowadays. According to Harvard, I did some research on this, Harvard Business School report, as of 2021, 17% of black women are starting or running new businesses. That's as of last year. And that's a big deal because remember we're going through the pandemic as well, but still nevertheless we are still pushing along and perhaps the pandemic's a part of that. People could no longer work in the public sector; um, they didn't feel comfortable there. So hey, I start my at-home business. There's so much stuff from technology, um, writing, uh, making things on your hands or whatever. There's so many other business, real estate. Um, there's so many things you could do now, and people are learning to do that technology, cybersecurity, all of that's huge. So 17% of black women are now starting their own businesses. That's a huge number. Now, that says, oh, that's a huge number. Let me tell you why it's a huge number. Because compared we have 17% of women, black women, starting their own, running their own business compared to 10% of white women and 15% of white men. So we have surpassed white women and white men in terms of running our own business, like I said. Big part of it was the fact we have more education, we understand more how to do business and why to do business, and we also had the the issue of the pandemic. How do I still maneuver and foster take care of my family in a world of a crazy pandemic? Not to mention all the other issues out there. So, in fact, the new female business owners, female in the whole country, all the female business owners in the whole country, forty-two percent of them are black. So, as I could say to you over and over again, black women took this opportunity to go do that. Now, let's be clear. There are a lot of things we do that's easy to start a business. We have micro businesses. There are a lot of hair salons and things of that nature that actually encouraged and include that as well. But still, nevertheless, black women are really making a mark in the business world. And that's a big thing. Once again, I'm looking at it from a lot of perspectives. That's a big thing, despite the racial biases that people of color deal with every day. In terms of the totem pole, there is the white men. There's a debate whether it's the white woman next or the black man next, but there, there you go, hecka, And Then the black woman is always on the bottom of that totem pole in terms of usually education, usually in terms of financial wealth and all that. But we see a shift in that these black women are just saying, this is the way for me to make a mark to uh, provide for my family in a way I want to provide for them financially. I also a way to provide for them where I can be home and have a little more flexibility in my schedule. So I'm going into business. I see the creativity there. I understand the business dynamic, and that's something I'm going to do. I think that's huge, um, and we see that's happening. Over the last couple of years, even with the worldwide pandemic, we see this major shift um, in uh, business ownership. So with that being said, I guess a good time to stop right there. I'm
0: going take a quick break, and I'll be back. Hey, need your W-2s, 1099s, processed, printed, and mailed? Email us today at 1040 at javistax.com, 1040 at javistax.com, or call 803-419-1001,
1: 803-419-1001. Your skin isn't just skin. It's a beautiful reflection of every single thing you've been through in life. Which is why Dove Body Wash removes your skin's ceramides and strengthens it against dryness. For instantly softer, smoother skin, you can lovingly embrace. Renew the love for your skin with Dove Body Wash. Happy, happy Monday. We're back. We're talking about Um, the business of our history. So we talked about all these major inroads of the last couple of years that black women have made in the business arena in terms of opening new businesses and and, the like. But here is the rub. However, should I say however, the rub, whatever, only 3% of their businesses get beyond the empathy stage. They start the business. They use their own revenue or they know how to talk to family members or banks or whatever. They get the startup phase going. They get the business started. They're pushing to make it happen. And unfortunately, after the first year or two, there's a major sharp decline in terms of maintaining the business. So that's the other part I've talked about and we learned about and share that we share about and say, why is that happening? Well, there are a number of reasons, and that's, that's another two shows, actually. But bottom line is it is happening. How do we deal with that? What we see between 2007 and 2012, female-led owned businesses grew about 67% and by 50% from 2014 to 2019. This represents um, the highest growth in dem- any demographic of females, and that's just whatever. But once again, we find that a major portion of them, almost 67% of them, tend to flourish at the first couple years. They seem to just die out over the first couple years. Why is that happening? Why is that happening? These are smart women. They've done their homework. Uh, they're prepared. They're meticulous in what they've done. They got a big, raw, raw support from family and friends. What happens? Do some more dissecting. It seems to be a couple of things we're facing with. First of all, like I said before, they come up with the capital to start the business. That's to rent the space, that's to buy the computer or the equipment or whatever. They do a massage parlor, buying the cables and going to school and they're training and they're doing all those things. They get their lawyer, they get their accountant, they get all that done. But what happens past the first phase, they need money to maintain. They need to have the continual business coming in. They need to also have loans and other monies, bridges to take you through those ups and downs, to buy new things you need to buy, innovations, take on other things, the, the ebb and flow of business, and somehow that's where it kills them. They don't seem to have the financial wherewithal to continue. Most of their initial capital comes from their pockets, family, maybe a small business loan, but going back and preparing yourself to go back and get more money to continue that process, they end up having a problem there, and that's one of the major things that helps to fail, the financial instability. Some of that may have to do with the fact they're not keeping proper records to show people how they're working. They're not following dotting all the I's and crossing all the T's, but they're not getting that second trunch of funding. And then most of the time, they have used their funding, personal funding, some family members perhaps, husbands or whatever, to do the first phase, and then they need funding to go forward, and they're not able to get that. The other thing we're finding out is there oftentimes... African-American women go into business uh, in the community in a space that's very crowded. They go into retail. They go into hair salons, beauty salons, barbershops, um, wholesale, health, education. A lot of these social services, a lot of these sectors are very, very crowded. Is a lot of competition in those sectors. So once again, that becomes up against more competition. You advertise more. You have to set yourself away from the pack. It becomes more and more problematic for you to do that, and it costs more money to do that, and subsequently, it's hard to get going and keep going and sustain your business in the long term. And lastly, what I have found is that it seems that we are not, black women are not as able to do the networking and develop the relationships that are needed to keep yourself in place. Um, Networking is important. I am not advocating by any means that you have to be a jack of all I'm not advocating that you have to bow down and, uh, you know, limit your opportunities. I'm not advocating that you lie and tell, but you need to develop a network that is supportive of you. Other women, women and men. Um, that you guys can share and grow with. And people not necessarily look like you or like you. You may not be a woman, may be a man, but if you have a company that you actually are tailor, you make clothes or whatever whatever you do, then perhaps you need to find you some vendors that you can develop a relationship with that you can get your fabric for a little bit off. And one of the things I understand about that kind of stuff is shipping is so expensive. How can you get around some of that? How can you get your prices reduced? How can you uh, just stagger your payments, things creatively you have to do to make sure that your networking piece is strong in hand, that your business is going to be successful. People have got to know you, know what you're doing, understand how you're doing it, support you in the process. And that's something we feel short. And we oftentimes, um, black women oftentimes feel short about going outside of their comfort zone to get these kind of networking opportunities. People do it all the time. Business is business. It's not about black and white. It's about green. And so oftentimes you have to go out of your comfort zone to network, to get those people to come in and support you and help you in the process. What um, we also found out, too, is another one of those things that of kind of flagging me a little bit, and I can do another whole two shows on it. We have also found out that there is an issue as it pertains to African-Americans and other minorities in business world. Um, specifically, those there are African-Americans, those here are a part of our United States of America, but those other immigrants that come from uh, Africa potentially or the West Indies or uh, Spanish, um, Spanish or Mexican um, countries, they seem to do better. China, the Chinese, Asians, whatever, seem to do a lot better than we do. The minority that are not from the United States, those minorities seem to do better. You have seen it happen. You have seen people come in your community and they have started a business. Um, They're not a a black person from the United States. They could be uh, from India. They could be from uh, China. They could be from the Philippines, whatever. And their businesses oftentimes seem to do better than ours. Why is that? there's been some research done by the Congressional Black Caucus that talks about the fact, as a very, very interesting article, I haven't completely read it yet, it's, it's really epistle, it's really depth, in depth, and it is really profound, that talks about the fact that these other minorities coming to the United States intend to do better. Why is that? A couple things. They seem to have those three basic things that we oftentimes do not have. They have capital to start with, and also the capital to sustain. They have more capital. That's the bottom line. They have more capital. Whether it comes from the community members, they all play money together. We may do our family. They may have a larger group. I don't know. But their finances are stronger and better than ours tend to be in this country. Um, they also have a higher level of human, social, and financial capital, like I said before, but they also have more of um, information in terms of the entrepreneurial process, um, perhaps their countries. Um, help them with that, or they, they get special dispensation because they're not a part of the United States, but they have a better understanding. They network, and clearly that's one of the third things that they need to network harder. Um, we've seen this happen before. I've seen where uh, people come to this country, the whole family got together, they sacrificed, they lived in one home, and then they got the business going, and once the business got going good, they continue to go to a second phase, and then the third phase was for them to help the other person in their household or whatever, get their business going, and they did that for a while. And then the fourth person, I'm not advocating we do that or not do it. I'm just saying those are facts. And we see that, that 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 model of having money, sustaining money, continue to put it in place, and also networking seems to be what we are lacking in a lot of stages in terms of minorities in the United States. Not against anyone. This is a great thing But learn anybody, everybody you can learn from. Those are some things we may want to do. We may want to stop. We've got business going, and we may not want to stop and say, oh, my business is doing great. I have a profit margin here. I got sixty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars in the bank, $100,000 in the bank. Okay, well, I think I'm going to get me a new house, or I'm going to get me a new car. We may want to think a little bit more about that. And say, Let me wait a couple years and drive this little car, maybe stay in a little house inconvenient until I'm in much better shape to make a major purchase. Those are some things we have to think about because we're seeing that um, the uh, other minorities who come into this area uh, to do business, they tend to do a lot better than we're doing. So we have to worry about developing our training that we're doing, think about the long term, develop relationships, uh, be a little more um, uh, tactical, if you will, strategic, I should say, strategic with your money, that you have your growth patterns, because those are the kind of things that we're learning from history that shows us that these are things we have to think about as we grow our business. We want to be great and continue to be great, but these are business things that we have to think about, and we've seen how it has worked in our history, we've seen that your history is there for you to learn from. So that's my little story for today. I, by the way, the book um, that I was telling you about, again, it says, The State of Black Entrepreneurship in America, Evaluating the Relationship Between my Immigration and Minority Business business Ownership. That's a piece that was done by the New York, um The U.S. Black um, Caucus. And if you can find that article, it was very enlightening. It was very um, good to read. I wish you would. Um, Once again, thank you all so much. Please let me hear from you. You can contact me on my line. You can also send me a Facebook um, to uh, say anything you want to say or add to add to it or suggest topics. I'm open for all of that. You can listen to me anytime. any time. Please, if you can't make it at 6 o'clock on Mondays, uh, we're on Spotify, Our Heart Radio, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Podcast, Podchaser, Overcast, Pocket Chaser, Apple Podcasts, Castro and Audible. Uh, there's probably a few more. Um, but those you always catch me on and um black like on say as I always say, have a great day. Thank you so much, and go out and be great. Thank you.
0: It's Growing in Greatness radio show with host Gwendolyn Singletary. We want to be your source for reliable, relevant, and informative strategies that disrupt the norm and to help ambitious achievers grow in greatness. Don't miss it. Mondays at 6 p.m. right here on Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Achievers Grow